0: one podcast it's just me and freddy today because as discussed last time nigel has moved on to his big new job at sky sports and he's already writing lots of interesting things about liveries and some about actual f1 as well but as i say i'm joined with freddy coach to preview the monaco grand prix which is happening this weekend after the imola or emilia romagna grand prix didn't happen last weekend so freddy first of all how are you
1: i'm doing all right i'm doing very well thank you um yeah, not much to report from my side. Obviously, the more interesting life is yours, Adam, as you're approaching the end of university.
0: Yes, definitely. It's it's weird. I realised I I'd had my last lecture that I didn't go to. So actually, my last lecture, I didn't know. I don't know which one was my last lecture. And obviously that, I mean, like with lectures, it's not so much, but that's the last probably time I'll be sat in a classroom learning something in that setup, which is really weird to think about because it's been, what, you didn't 17,
1: 18
0: Eighteen years, yeah. Well, it was
1: like wow, it was the last time I've been in a classroom. didn't even go.
0: I didn't. I didn't realize. That's, what student, I didn't realize.
1: What that... Oh, I didn't
0: go to my last lecture. <laughs> well, look, I didn't realize it was my last lecture. If I had realized, then well, maybe I should have realized because then I would have gone. But I didn't. didn't go so, for a drink um, afterwards, but
1: you didn't go.
0: Yeah, well, there'll be plenty, plenty of time to do that. I'm in nine till five at the moment, designing a magazine called the Con. Oh, go follow the Concourse Mag on Twitter. Um, if you're you know interested in football um, at all in any way link know, that's what videos, we were doing. We'll leave it we even it's in the descriptions oh lovely Freddie's editing this so he might not but that's oh, what I forget. Is. I'll remind you every opportunity that I forget um but that's okay mm. but um but yeah, it's gonna be quite a strange quite a strange uh, to. Weeks to be honest, because it's like it's yeah. the end, it's very busy and working towards deadlines and stuff. It's also like the last weeks of union, it's hard to really process that when you're working against the clock and all of that. So, as I mean, you've already been there, so you know, yeah, I did it's better than year. I do. Yeah, yeah, this time, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it was all right for me. I was fairly chilled. Um, you go back and watch our podcast, and then maybe I look completely wired, but I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I always, always thought I was chilled. <laughs> um, it all seemed to come together, it will do for you, you'll be fine.
0: Mm, fingers crossed, anyway. Well, yeah, you're here on
1: all of the podcast fans. Hopefully, are, are praying to their their gods for you. Um
0: and if you're if of, you're I atheist, just like cross your fingers yeah, or yeah, something.
1: You know, just do do the normal superstition. That's actually scientific. So, mm,
0: and and check in for the Spanish Grand Free preview to <laughs> get an update in a week on how it's going as well. Because yeah. that'll be fun for all the listeners. um But if yeah, do, we'll. We will. We will. We might just about the
1: Monaco review. Who knows?
0: Yeah, actually, that's a good point. But you know, tune in. There, the will be, the there will be a podcast coming
1: out, will be a podcast where a good portion of the front of it will be dedicated to Adam um, complaining about why his university degree went to went to pot, and he's got to come back for a fifth year of university.
0: Yeah, it says. I mean, I, I, I don't think any of my group listened to this. So um, so yeah, he might just be raging against them. Oh, um, but goodness. we will have to see. Also, like, uh, no, it's it's been great so far. I have enjoyed working with them. So, um, but you know, you know, things can change.
1: Let's um, move on before you put your foot
0: in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Well, firstly, just to touch on the email cancellation. Obviously, it was a shame. Um, yeah, obviously, shame for everyone who was meant to be going to the event and obviously you know a shame for us because we were looking forward to it and everyone who was looking forward to it but it was absolutely the right decision um to not put that pressure on the um emergency services there and you know not to put pressure on f1 as well in what was a kind of dynamic situation going on there so yeah just touching on that first of all it was the right decision and yeah it, it's a massive shame but Imola will be back next year unless something You know, again, um, at the ordinary happened. So definitely, you know, something to mark in the calendar for that. But yeah, Freddie, kind of anything to add on that?
1: Uh, No, I completely agree with you. So it it looked very obviously to be the right decision. And who are we um, to, as fans, and who is F1 as as an entity to sort of put itself above any of the the hardship and awful situations that were going on in in the Emilia Romagna region? Just Hmm. really not nice stuff. Uh, Numerous fatalities. So yeah, obviously, our, our our thoughts are there, um, particularly over the weekend when you know there wasn't a Grand Prix. It was, it you know, it was notable by its absence, which for me was you know a good thing that it wasn't there. But yeah, it just made it does make you think.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely, and um, it was good. It it felt like. Ninety-nine point nine percent of fans did come together, you know, and agree with that decision, and there seems to be very little backlash, even from people who would have been frustrated um, to be going. So, yeah, yeah, like I say, I think
1: everyone's done being able to uh, contractually sort everything out pretty uh, delicately and decently to get tickets transferred to twenty-four for the most part, or offered as a refund. So that worked pretty well.
0: Yeah um but yeah we'll uh park that there and move on to looking ahead well not quite looking ahead to this weekend but looking ahead to a few more years down the future because Hmm. there's another engine manufacturer on the grid honda honda are are returning for the but coming back they return to the second time in 10 years Uh, no it's just a bit longer than that
1: yeah is it 15 anyway
0: it's it's like it's a long time to do two like returns, um,
1: but it's yeah, it's 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 classic Honda that you know they leave, they don't leave, but they do leave, but then they don't leave because they did leave, they didn't leave, but they did leave,
0: and now they're back. Yeah, now now they are back. They were slow, kind of running with Red Bull, but not really because they pulled up. But Red Bull was still using their engines, and now yes, they will be back in twenty twenty six. With Aston Martin. So, firstly, just reaction to that news from, I guess, the engine and manufacturer side, and what it means to F1, Freddie.
1: Uh, well, I think it's it's good for F1 to have such a such a presence for manufacturers at the moment.
0: Obviously, Mercedes,
1: Ferrari, Renault, from powertrain perspective, the staples. With Rebel Powertrains developing out of the previous demise of Honda, we've got Ford coming in as well to work with Rebel Powertrains, in essentially a sponsorship role. But you know, with with funding and presumably with. Um, with some technical uh partnerships in there and that's four power unit uh, power train manufacturers then you've also got Audi of course coming in for their big big F1 big only motorsport entry as of as of from next year that all their motorsport will be from Audi will be Formula One which is huge because Audi is sort of the name of sports cars but anyway um and then on top of that Honda coming in that's six OEMs Coming in, well, coming in and staying and being associated with Formula One in a in an incredible way, and you know, it does speak to works teams being successful. Obviously, you know, the, it's, it's all a bit dry on the Andretti Cadillac front, but that's still General Motors Cadillac, and they've definitely expressed an interest in Formula One. So who knows? Will we get the Hassan, Hass Cadillac down the line? You never know. Um, but there's definitely just showing a healthy state of Formula 1. It's a fantastic move for Aston Martin to get a works engine deal uh, with Honda, who have proved to be pretty fantastic in recent years and have been are coming in now not midway through a power unit cycle as they did in 2015 with McLaren. They're coming in, you know, front. they're fronting up front and centre with Technology they've developed that they can then change ever so slightly for the, the new the sort of tweaks that are coming in for the twenty twenty six engine regs, and it's, yeah, it's a it's a good move for all parties.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I I think you know obviously way too far away to be you know thinking about the success or how, how Honda will do, and but like Freddie says, the the situation that they're coming into is is a better situation for them than was the case in uh, when they came back with. McLaren in the 2010s and we all know how that went but yeah I I completely agree I think you know F1 is just so hot right now for you know manufacturers and people wanting to be involved and that's fantastic to see and obviously we'll have to see about the number of teams coming in but just having these names in the sport is absolutely fantastic and having that interest having that involvement and yeah I think the the it's just a shame that some of them will won't succeed you know there's this mm, many people yeah. coming in that, but you know that that's the way it goes that not everyone will will be successful but you know it, you will I, I think we will be seeing new names you know on, on the podium competing for wins and or you know not necessarily new um 2f1 but new that's not on the grid right now competing for wins competing for podiums and, and being at the top end of the grid that will be really exciting to see and yeah it, it's it's you know it'll be an exciting time leading up to 2026 and and having that it it just feels like f1 is being really rejuvenated by right now with these new just with all this new interest and as f1 fans which both of us are then it's brilliant to see f1 is
1: successfully riding its wave and obviously you need stuff that's in you need stuff to show for that you can have you know a few good periods where you whack the ticket prices up which is what we're at now but there's going to be a period to show for that later down the line. And they're getting that in writing from from car manufacturers from Formula One teams to sign up with them. It's creating the, the value for Formula One that they so desired. And it's just gonna only increase the value of F1 as a as a sport. It's 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 nice to see. And you know, Aston Martin, second best team in Formula One at the moment. Honda have probably produced one of the fastest Formula One engines in recent years, of course. So, teaming up, that that seat's going to be coveted. And of course, I are we safe to assume that one of them is free, taken, is reserved, is is a stroll, or do we think do we think this such you know sort of seniority, such a, a partnership really with Honda that there's going to be a lot more going into this and I don't know, could this be a change of
0: perspective perhaps for, you know, uh, for us? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It, it's really difficult. You know, obviously Asimantin came into this season with, with high hopes, but you know, that, that really gathered momentum, you know, at the end of last season and, and then in the off season up to the car launcher and then beyond for this year. So it has, it will be really interesting to see how it goes because it's not, yeah, it it will be if, if both parties, you know, j- just a second on Aston Martin, actually, you know what, what they have done and, and how they've improved is just phenomenal. You know, they've got all of their infrastructure projects coming online between now and, and 2026 when Honda's come in, they've obviously now signed this, you know, big partnership that will be focused on them rather than being a Mercedes customer team so much. And, you know, it, it's really fantastic for them and just, you know, just you know they're worth con- uh, congratulations for how they have managed to um, turn it around from from a team that on track wasn't doing very well over the you know since they'd come into the sport but yeah going back to going back to that I think it's really difficult because you know it, it is it is a team that would be expect Honda will be expecting them to be fighting for championships and both championships in that car and if you've got a driver in Lance who who I just don't think is capable of, of reaching that very very elite level, yeah, that you need driver, you know.
1: but you know mm. not showing signs that it's more than that unfortunately
0: yeah Con- consistency times being able to be 10 out of 10 or 9.9 9 out of 10 in, in all facets of-, of racing I just don't think Stroll's there so you know it- it's then it- it's going to be really interesting to see because like I say Honda will be expecting that obviously you know a- Aston Martin as a sponsor is there through Lawrence Stroll but you know whether as a board a business Yes. Yes. That's it. The board, you know, there'll be all of those elements coming into it as well. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, you know, I, I think there's both, both drivers in the team, you know, could Alonso still be there in 2026?
1: Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's a big old chance of him sticking around. I don't know. He's one of the drivers. I remember, you know, we've had this discussion about, oh, Bautry Bottas, you're at, at Sauber now and Alfa Alfred- Alvarez Romeo's obviously distancing themselves and now are coming in. And that's a good position for you. And it's like, oh, well, Bottas won't be in Formula 1 in that time. That's ages away. He's going to be too old and things like that. But then you look at... And he's obviously not going to be too old, but you just have that impression. And then Fernando Alonso, though, is just kind of like, yeah,
0: so what? He'll be 45. So what? He will. But he'll be 45 at the end of 2026, like... Yeah. It's, it's unprecedented Adnance. in modern oh, F1. unprecedented,
1: yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, he'll still have been born in the '80s. I don't know. I, I, it's... At least he's not born in the yeah. '70s.
0: I, I, I would. It it feels like Alonso can't surprise us anymore. But I think I would I would be surprised if he is there in twenty twenty six. He went back but... to McLaren.
1: He went back to McLaren. He he mm. left McLaren in the first place. Went back to McLaren. Then everything that's just happened with Fernando Alonso. I mean then even sort of re-partner up with Honda after everything that's gone on. After Honda shut him down and didn't give him a car in IndyCar because they didn't want to be partnered with Alonso in 2018. After after GP2 engine, after all of that chaos that went down and, you know, ridiculousness and on Alonso's part, I think to be honest, a lot of crap from his side about Honda. Yeah. Um, Which at the time, yeah, was a bad engine, but McLaren didn't cover themselves in glory it's understandable that there could be a block there but if everyone's been grown ups about it then it was just it's, it's the story is is, is crackers
0: mm. in a one word answer would you be more surprised if Stroll or Alonso is at the team in 2026
1: i six?
0: I'd saying Alonso I, uh, yeah. You think
1: you'd be more surprised if Alonso was at the team, yeah,
0: it? than Stroll? Yeah, I think there's more yeah, chance of Stroll I mean, staying there. Right.
1: I think I agree with that, just because mm. Alonso's volatility is, you know, follows him around. He's volatile. We're still in that honeymoon period at Aston Martin. There's a long time yeah. before a works engine deal gets in gets in place there, and of course, he can sell himself to other teams. So, yeah, who yeah. knows? Works engine I, deals across the board.
0: Mm, I think we need oh, to move on, but I will just, We need to move on, but I will also briefly raise. I reckon, uh, Lando Norris is is a definite um, name to link with. That obviously, you know, McLaren aren't haven't got as much momentum behind them right now and his contract will be up before that. He's been linked with Audi with Andreas Seidel heading up the project there. But I think Lando Norris is definitely a name to watch for. That seat just I have no like idea apparently to say on
1: that because I wouldn't say anything about that. Uh, I think we could do a whole different thing on what Form One will look like in twenty twenty six with drivers. Hmm. But I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm not I think oh, I feel like Lando Norris would be linked somewhere else beforehand and would go
0: there. I, I can definitely see it. Um, but anyway, yeah, moving on. Um, another link that came up yesterday, today was um, Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Ferrari are apparently prepared to offer £40 million pounds to Lewis Hamilton to drive their cars. It's There's a lot to unpack here as well. But again, Freddie, to what was, yeah, you know, what's the kind of biggest takeaway what was your reaction to seeing that?
1: Yeah, it was a Daily Mail exclusive. Should give them the credit. Um, and these kind of stuff these kind of rumors do pop up all over the place but it's a, it's a specific link and a lot of the time in particularly for broad you know for Fleet Street for print papers to make these kind of claims it can either be absolutely definite yeah they've seen it or it can be um reading between the lines or something but in in the wrong way and it feels more like it's the former for some reason it feels Like a genuine, serious offer has been put forward, and there's lots of details are getting thrown around and stuff being reported as such that Carlos Sainz would be the sacrificial lamb that Charles Claire is apparently okay with it. That um, there's talks going on with it, and that that there's even even suggestions that it would satisfy Ferrari owners, um, in such a way. So it's 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 weird. It's a weird one to to see because these stories do come up every now and again. And you look at drivers like Senna, you look at back in the day, Alonso, when before he went to Ferrari and when he was at Renault and all of that, it's kind of like people do talk about, oh, but then Ferrari. And it is that kind of team. And of course, for, for Hamilton, it's that rear drive position now of, okay, cool, you've done the rest of it. Top it off with Ferrari and call it a day. And you can see the appeal from a story. So it's whether that sticks around, and holds true in the paddock. I I really don't know. I think I'm always torn between it because I would love to see Lewis drive Ferrari. I think it'd be fantastic. I think you know, two great names teaming up is always just brilliant, and also just big driver moves is fun. But also from Lewis's side, I mean, it's a sideways step. Mercedes has always been so good to him, and it's always that kind of quandary which you get with every driving move but it would. to be honest my main main point of view with it is it would be a bit of fun when if the story broke um but it must be difficult for you because you don't like ferrari because you like lewis what would you how would how would you how would you exist
0: yeah that was was probably mellowed a bit since 2007 but um yeah no it's um yeah it's i I I would love to see Hamilton break the record, to be honest. And that's like you know it, it's I I just think that that has to be where his his kind of um, priority is. Surely, I, you know he he is very embedded in Mercedes, and it's kind of a team that is is built really in in his image, along with Toto Wolff. It's it's it doesn't have massive oversight from Mercedes or the Daimler Group. It you know it, it kind of he is a huge part of it, and has has been that way for for a decade now. So I. I would still be really, really, really surprised if he left, but maybe not maybe not three really exactly, but I, it would still surprise me just because it, it seemed, you know, whenever he is so effusive about the team and the environment there, whenever he gets a chance to talk about. It, and I think going from that to Ferrari would, you know, be a risk at the very least. But I I definitely think there's some I mean, you know, also this report is very much from Ferrari's side. And I do I do believe that they are, you know, I, I well, I can believe that they are looking into this and it, it is. You know Hamilton is a person of interest for them and the, it's you know like like you said it's a specific link and it's a specific amount of money so I I think there's no smoke without fire and Ferrari would be looking at that and for Hamilton you know I do think he'd have to think very carefully about it because Mercedes you know have got it wrong the last two years and are struggling to come back from that and yeah it, his deal is up at the end of this year so I'd, I just can't think that he's He'd be ready to walk away from it now is maybe my thing. Maybe in a year or so if the same thing happens again. But it's just, could it happen this yeah. year? That, that would surprise me.
1: I know you've just thrown Lando Norris at Aston Martin Honda for 2026. But obviously, this kind of move is a domino. This is a huge statement from if this happens from any sort of from silly from season, it becomes ridiculous. I mean, we could say we've had the first step of silly season now already with this. Um, Because, you know, you could definitely throw this away as a silly article, but um, <laughs> say it happens, Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton locked in for 2024, Carlos Sainz on the market, Space at Mercedes on the market, Russell's not going anywhere, Verstappen's probably not going anywhere, Perez is is locked in until technically 2024. What happens there? Is it a straight swap? Is this Lando Norris move going to be at Mercedes? Is 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 there going to be a ridiculous thing where some random move like Albon happens at Mercedes what what's your first gut reaction of driver that would be picked by Mercedes to replace Hamilton should he leave and where would Sainz end up not me they they can you know they can be the same
0: answer yeah yeah i i uh, yeah I, I do really like sainz going there i think it's sign or someone like albon you know slotting in into that role or even like gasly something like that i could i could see really um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be surprised if it was Norris, to be honest. Um, considering their their roots are very much in the Russell basket, and they have dealt with Hamilton, Rosberg before. So yeah, I'd, I that's probably the I, I can see that um kind of category of of driver. Yeah, science would probably be the one that make would make most sense, and he would probably jump at that chance as well to stay in a you know yeah front front running ish team. Um, you know, it, it kind of like you say, a sideways move for, for him, but you know, it's always, if, if you're at Ferrari and you are the second driver, then it's always going to be, you know, at, at risk. So taking that, taking that move into, you know, another, hopefully for him multi-year deal, then, you know, I think that would make a lot of sense for him, but yeah, it, it's so, there is so, like you say, we could do it, we could do a two part yeah, um, hour long specials episode on this, but yeah, We're it's very, very exciting. We probably mm, Yeah. There's a summer break.
1: And we've got a few announcements in the bag. Then we can do a whether the next pieces fall.
0: Yeah, there's just so much going on. I mean, like yeah. like we said, with the teams going on for 2026, 20, obviously the driving market. This could be a huge domino to fall. You know, even if not, look at last year. Then you know, it it doesn't take doesn't even take something going on at the at the top perceived top teams to to change anything. So yeah, lots to. Lots of predictions to come between now and 2026, but it's also quite hard to predict this weekend as well because oh. it's a track where Red Bull might not be favourites or at least they won't be able to use, or their, their biggest weapon this season, which is their their insane straight line speed with DRS, won't be as efficient. So, yeah, thoughts heading into Monaco. Do you think this could be the first race of the season that Red Bull are not winning?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> I do they're not as good on their tyres. You need your tyre warm-up. They're not as capable in the slow speed of just dialing it in immediately and quickly. And as as Ferrari is Aston Martin, they're they're chief rivals in this instance. You know, are you Leclerc and Alonso figures who are are the drivers nipping at the heels? Leclerc's obviously got two pole positions this year, both at Baku, but in in terms of comparable circuits, the one with the majority that we can look at in terms of tight, slow-speed switch-on street track corners is Baku, of course, compared to Monaco. So you look at that and you think, in qualifying pace, there's a chance that Rebel can be relegated from the front row. And in Baku, it's like, oh, that's okay, because they'll just overtake them because of the massive, massive capability you can overtake a car there you have to overtake your car there monaco less so um obviously it's monaco and 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 because of monaco being monaco it means you can't go past a car in monaco so it could be a race of oh my god a rebel's not in the lead for 78 laps and actually be really quite interesting as a result of that and you could have a Ferrari Aston Martin Red Bull strategy fight because oh we could even see a highly efficient Red Bull getting better and better and faster and faster throughout the race, looking after its tyres, pulling off a supreme overcut or something like that, and just smashing it, or even doing an on track pass in
0: Monaco. So yeah, that that's where it's out for me is like I I don't I I think a non-web Red Bull can very much take pole position and lead the first stint. I think the difficulty is going to be, you know, if, if, if it does go, you know, Ferrari, I'm still just not, I'm not going to put any faith in their race pace, even if it is Monaco. I think I think. Leclerc like can get pole. That would not surprise me at all. But yeah, I think for me, it's, it's Aston Martin and Alonso that I think pose the biggest threat. But again, I think it's, it's going to be really, it's going to be still very difficult to to hold the Red Bull off um, over the course of the race, because it has just been, you know, very cool cover where we've been, you know, outside of the, the long straight bits or even the long straight bits, slightly curved bits. So yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, as I say, I think Alonso is probably where I'm looking. It could be Le- Leclerc just has a you know one of those stunning Leclerc weekends, and he can make it work. There's also Mercedes coming with upgrades that were meant to come last weekend, but now they're coming to Imola, which I I don't know how they feel about that, but they probably prefer to be racing. It it's fine. It's a race track reasons. at the end of the
1: day. It's got to work there.
0: Yeah, but I, I think you know
1: they'll have, they'll weather... have fares for it. They're more likely to not. Have
0: yeah. One. It, it's more i think the the data that they'll be able to get from this weekend may not be, be complete yeah I, I, I don't think it will be as um of course not all-encompassing
1: doing it at, at imola and at monaco but it's better than just not bringing an upgrade
0: yeah i agree with that i, I just think it's going to be i th- I think they'll have to probably wait until spain to know you know have have a clear picture of i mean you look at
1: it and you kind of think the and Mercedes has been very good at downplaying this, but you've got to look at every sort of beast spec car that's been brought in in recent years, and they have usually worked, but they've been a slow burn. You look at um, Aston Martin last year. Completely different concept. They changed their concept at, at the European rounds. Yeah, yeah, jokes, green, uh, green rebel, whatever, da de da But... But then were able to develop that concept throughout the season and like you just said earlier in the in the pod that you know there was momentum for them later on in the season because they were able to develop it through so I think just the sooner it gets on track the sooner it works later on in the season but it doesn't make really any difference to these races where it's at whether it starts at Imola whether it starts at Monaco
0: yeah, I, I think I was thinking more of a Mercedes side rather than a race prediction side. To be honest, that I think you know it, it will be a wait wait until Spain to get a clear picture of how things look for them. But yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, it's just kind of hard to make a prediction either way for them, really. But yeah, like I say, I think I, I'll um, I, I I just I still can't look past Red Bull. I think I still can't. I think they they have it. But I'm hoping I'll prove wrong. I'm hoping at the very least that we get a good. Battle going on um, at the front, potentially be between three teams. There is also depending on which forecast you look at, the chance of rain on the Sunday. So there's that. there's, there's... Depending on which forecast you look at, it makes that your classic F one rain watching, which is like, oh, it might rain, won't rain. But fingers crossed this time it won't rain. I mean, it's been a weird, weird kind of few years for Monaco, and you know there's.
1: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: it's an outlier, isn't it? Mm, it certainly is. So yeah, there's that that's kind of maybe the most hope that we will see something mixed up this weekend. But um, yeah, we'll just have to just have to see really. It's been the Stafford's only taken one win there. Obviously, you know, missed missed in 2020 was very close to beating Hamilton um in twenty nineteen and then got the win in twenty-one. Um, so yeah, I think it will be an interesting one to see how he goes. I think you know the Paris resurgence in, in kind of popular culture has maybe died to death a bit after the Miami Grand Prix, but he could be strong there again after his win there last year. So yeah, it's just there's a lot, there's a lot mixing in. I think we're not going to get a clear picture until Saturday afternoon, to be honest. And that's absolutely fine by me. Mm. We also won't get a clear picture of how the grid looks, not in terms of their competitive running order, but in just of actually how they look until just before FP1, because Williams are will hopefully have some golf special livery thing going on. McLaren have got a uh, special livery going on, which I really like. I don't know your opinions on it, Freddie.
1: Uh pays tribute to the Triple Crown, but many teams can now win, um, which I think is, is quite a lot. <laughs> like, here's this big, big achievement that we've always accredited to one driver, and is <laughs> and the marketing as a team. It's a fantastic idea for them to do. I'm really behind it. I think it does look really good. Um I think, you know, I mean there is still the kind of idea, oh, we could have just had a nice orange papaya Marlboro livery. I completely get why as a modern organization you don't quite want to be doing too much of that, but they're doing it with a with an indie car. So there's not too much to shy away from, to be fair, to contradict myself. But I I, so I do kind of think that would look cool. But as a as a brand marketing exercise across multiple um multiple disciplines in IndyCar, in Formula One, in the, they're not doing Le Mans, but who knows, maybe they'll pay tribute to it in some way on their Formula e Recon in Jakarta um, a week after. Then it's, it's good. It looks, it just looks good. It looks cool and it's proper motorsport. It's, it's not the F1 bubble, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I think it looks, re- I think it looks really clean. I think I, Preferred their golf livery from a couple of years ago, but I still really, really I, like I this.
1: I find golf liveries much better on old sports cars than on modern single seaters. I think it's. No, I I, I really
0: seaters. like it. I, I I really liked it. I really liked the the like overalls as well. I really liked the golf hoodie that you got. I agree. Fantastic.
1: Um, I just think. I think, yeah, I think if Williams are doing something similar this weekend, which is is completely based on one promo video that golf done on our twitter account there's this this whole thing there's nothing from anywhere else on this yet,
0: but um you
1: know that's how you tease things to be fair
0: um <laughs> you work in social media yeah I know I mean, <laughs> marketing
1: you, you look at the amount that asked uh, that McLaren put out in in preview of this um don't worry I'm, I'm sure there will be something. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's not a full livery. Um, but it's, mm. it's just a... It's a hard one to do on a single seat. I really hope they can do a nice, clean job with it if, if it happens.
0: Yeah, I i just like it. I liked how McLaren did it. I thought it just looked kind of really clean. I like the baby blue and orange. I like baby blue on a lot of things anyway. No? I like the orange kind of bleeding. So I think they did a good job of it. But um,
1: It will always look the I best on probably...
0: Porsches from the 70s. That's just
1: where it looks best. Mm. And... It's a really cool thing to hark back to. And I, I'm in favor of that completely. But like, yeah, golf livery on a on sports cars from the 70s, mostly Porsches. Like a 917K or something in um in a golf livery. Just is gorgeous. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic.
0: Was it the it, it was on the 4G T forty too, wasn't it?
1: Uh they did do a 4G T forty um version of it. Um, it wasn't the one that won the in '66. That was just a black one, and I think. But they, mm. they, there wasn't. There was a Gulf color scheme, but they were all relatively similar with their actual design. I'm pretty sure, but I don't want to be speaking absolute crap. Um,
0: yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah. I, I, it's not really my wheelhouse to be honest. I think I, pref- I don't know. That's the one that sticks in my mind for me. But like I say, it's not. Yeah, of uh, I'm definitely not the like uh... kind of livery. And that's the point. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, hopefully. The uh, sorry, Williams could come up with something equally as iconic or near that'd be quite a stretch to be fair, but hopefully, they can come up with something that looks good too this weekend. Just before we go, I have absolutely no interest in this, I might give it a watch, but maybe not. And I probably won't understand much of it. Freddie, do you want to talk about the Indy 500? Seeing as you yes. put it, as well, there's a note to talk about, about.
1: Seeing as we just talked about the Triple Crown, let's talk about one mm-hmm. of the elements of the Triple Crown. The Indy 500, yeah, even if you don't know much about it, Adam, it's just addictive racing to watch it's 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 its own discipline it's it's yeah it's 500 miles oval race um the qualifying times were about 230 miles an hour average of four laps so the fastest laps the fastest laps that had been done were about 234 laps 234 miles an hour average speed so these cars are monstrously quick they're on an oval with just walls they're it's balls out racing that's terrifying it's so scary and it's so good and the drivers that do it are brilliant and they're brilliant at it and there's 33 cars going at it on sunday afternoon in america evening after the monaco grand prix european time and it's just brilliant to watch i remember I, I yeah i watched the first one because fernando alonso did it didn't really know what was going on and now i try to watch an indy car race when it's on and it's just it's won me over it's it's exciting racing. Um, it's it's just really good fun. It's just really good fun. All the drivers are cool, and you know, yeah, I recommend it. I have no idea who's going to win it. It's going to be a lottery, but you've, I want Felix Rosenfurst to do well. He's driving the Marlboro McLaren, um, and he's starting on the front row. I just think he's an excellent driver, so I want him to do well. But there's just loads of cool people involved in it, and it's it's kind of like you know we talk about other motorsport in this pod. Me and Nigel did a lot and you know, talk about how Le Mans is just fantastic and how India is fantastic, and how we really enjoy watching Formula E. And there is just an element of it that, like, you've got the Triple Crown, you've got Monaco, that's yeah, that's all right, qualifying is great fun, but then you've got Le Mans and the Indy 500. And as races, they for me, they do transcend a lot of just Formula One, the average Formula One race, just they're just, just cool, they're just insane. and I hugely recommend just giving it a watch. It's on Sky F One. It's, yeah, it's there. Just watch it.
0: Why do they do qualifying a week before the race?
1: Because it's such a big event, it's just a huge event. So they just go for it. Just say like, yeah, we're going to really up up the ante on the build up for this. So we're going to do a two day qualifying. Normally there are there can be you know forty plus cars qualifying for it. In recent years, it's not been as many because obviously money. But um traditionally you have all the cars qualifying and then rows um sort of six to the penultimate row are set. So something like positions 13 to 30 are set. And then you have a fast 12 and a fast six. But in between the fast 12 and the fast six, which is the you know the top 12 and top six, there's uh there's bump day where you have people trying to qualify with the final three spaces and that's it. So that's just a whole day in itself. And it's mad because you can have something like, I mean, this year you had one car missing out. So you had four cars qualifying for three positions. And the way they've been doing it is you have a fast lane, a slow lane, things like that. But also, so you have a time and if you can let that time stand, but if you think you can go better, you can go out again and go for it. But that time is then taken away. So you then got to improve.
0: Well, So it's like a stick, stick or twist scenario. Stick
1: or twist one shot. But not one shot, because you can go out in groups and things like that. And yeah. it's insane. It's mad. It's great. It's ridiculous. And yeah, that, you know, qualifying week before, Le Mans qualifying a few days before. All these stuff is just because they're just big, proper events. They really jamboree the shit out of it. <laughs> and it's it's like, yeah, you know, the average wet race is the average wet race. The average IndyCar car race is the average IndyCar car race. But this one is mad. And it's huge, and it's just good fun.
0: The like brief fun. bit of research, you the, like the, the brief bit. of... It's I do, stuff. to be fair, I do. I I really wish I'd been to a um, NASCAR race at least while I was out there. Um, Texas, post people, i never did never really made it a priority, but there we go. You're I'm way more
1: likely to go to IndyCar because there is a European flair to it. It has that got that kind of. It is a single seat championship. There is, there are elements of it that are very much kind of just like basics of motorsport it has refueling it has tires it has just simple aero where cars can just follow each other but it also is fast it has grunt it's essentially what you'd say what do you want from a racing car we want it to be fast but we also want it to be safe so it's got a shield we want to have refueling because it's a car we want to have tires because it's a car and oh here it is it's it's essentially your, your basics of racing at a really high level
0: well, who knows? Maybe I'll give it a watch. Maybe next year I'll, I'll give it a well, maybe I'll give it a watch. Maybe I'll really love it. And then maybe next year we'll go on a winging it trip to the Indy five hundred. Who I knows so
1: I would be so down for it. I'm going to love it. Oh, so I've been to Monaco. For me, the Indy five hundred after after a few weeks from now will be my only triple crown race I've not been to as a fan. Which isn't isn't um, as big an achievement as winning them as a racing driver. But it's up there.
0: I, I have never been to a motorsport race in in any form, so hopefully that will change this season. Um, but change. that will change anyway. Uh, to finish up on that, the brief bit of research I have done is that you can get three types of milk: whole milk, semi-skimmed, uh, skimmed, or no preference. Which one would you pick?
1: Um, probably no preference. I don't like milk, but the reason I put that on there. Do you not? Is, no, I don't. What, it's just. Do, a, do,
0: like, do you not? Do you have cereal?
1: Not really. No. If I do, I'll have oh. a week to fix and I can mix it up. Then you can sort of just make it more. Yeah. Dry. Or I'll have porridge or something like that. Or I'll have dry. Maybe for
0: three and a half and years, over three and a half time. years. Yeah, didn't we didn't
1: together. Um yeah. But I would say you have some hacks to that, in that I think, uh, I think Juan Pablo Montoya had chocolate milk, and um, Emerson Fittipaldi had orange juice. Just because I think he was sponsored by orange juice or something, or he had an orange <laughs> juice bar. <wasn't> <laughs> A bit of me thinks I would think, oh, just go for like apple juice just to piss everyone off.
0: I'd I'd probably go for whole milk. Yeah. Or tea? Be really well. No, because I wouldn't want to drink a whole thing of hot tea, and I don't like oh, cold tea. So
1: tea would be refreshing, though. After five hundred miles in the hot Indianapolis sun and racing, tea,
0: yeah. To, to, to be honest, I think I'd just I want a Fanta a espresso, to be honest. Please. It's I I just <laughs> want a Fanta or something. I think my my favorite. Well, not my favorite <laughs> thing, but I do really like it. At, at the end of like a tour de France stage when when the riders will finish like finish you know some some mad Alpine mountain stage and they finish up and just glug a whole like thing of Coke it's <laughs> the first thing they do or Fanta or whatever um but yeah I'd probably I'd, out of the milk options I'd go for whole book because it's special though normally I'm two percent but anyway that finishes a uh, quite a um unique what? episode of the winging F1 podcast Um, talked a lot a lot about uni a lot about um, the Indy 500 and a bit about the Monaco Grand Prix as well so yeah we will see you next week for a Monaco review and potentially a Spain preview as well but until then thank you very much for listening and goodbye goodbye